is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matasek. Catholics around the world are remembering Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI as a man of faith who devoted his life in service of the Church. Celebrating Pope Benedict's January 5th funeral mass at St. Peter's Square in Rome, Pope Francis said his predecessor spread and testified to the gospel his entire life. Like the women at the tomb, Pope Francis said in his homily, we too have come with the fragrance of gratitude and the balm of hope in order to show him once more the love that is undying. We want to do this with the same wisdom, tenderness, and devotion that he bestowed upon us over the years. On today's episode of Catholic Review Radio, we remember Pope Benedict XVI. In our second segment, Baltimore Auxiliary Bishop Adam J. Parker recounts being in the room on the 2013 day when Pope Benedict announced his resignation. But first, we bring you an interview with Baltimore Archbishop William E. Laurie, who was among more than 120 cardinals, 400 bishops, and 3,700 priests who concelebrated the funeral mass. The Catholic Review's Christopher Gunty interviewed Archbishop Laurie a few hours after the funeral concluded. You were there for the funeral this morning uh, in Rome for uh, Pope Benedict XVI. What was it, that experience like to be there in St. Peter's Square for that? It was a wonderful outpouring of prayerful affection for the Pope Emeritus. Uh, the Mass was uh, genuinely uh, beautiful, and uh, I felt uh, both happy and honored to be there and to represent the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and uh, also to be with the family of the Knights of Columbus. It was a joy to be there. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed that the uh, it was very simple, but somber, uh, subdued, I guess, liturgy. Was that in, in keeping with the nature of Pope Benedict? I think Pope Benedict explicitly requested that uh, his funeral rites be celebrated uh, with simplicity, and uh, I think it was a noble simplicity. It was beautiful, uh, and it allowed the liturgical prayers to speak for themselves, uh, as he would have wished. There were signs and some some chants of Santo Subito uh, from the crowd. Do you get the sense that that this is a man who will be proclaimed a saint? Well, I think there is a widespread um, perception of his goodness, uh, his integrity, and um, his lifelong discipline, and his generosity in placing his abundant gifts entirely at the service of the church. People perceive this, and I think that is what lies behind those Santo Subito 
signs and calls that we saw. I was not surprised to see them. Mm -hmm. Do you think he'll be remembered more as as a, a pastor, especially in his role as pope, or as a, a great thinker, theologian, a scholar? What do you think will be his most lasting legacy? I believe that he will be remembered as one who combined great learning, encyclopedic learning, depth of learning with pastoral love and pastoral care, uh, making great thoughts, deep thoughts, and perceptions about the faith available uh, to a wide swath of people, but above all, one who made accessible to millions of people around the world, believers and non-believers, the person of Jesus Christ, uh, particularly one would have to say through all of his many writings. You've had many occasions to meet him uh, personally, I know, uh, especially uh, you received the pallium from him as an archbishop. What were those encounters like for you? I was always uh, uh, overjoyed to meet uh, Pope Benedict. Uh, and before that, I met him when he was Cardinal Ratzinger. Uh, he was always... Um, gentle. He always focused on the person he was with. When I received the pallium, he remarked to me of his own accord that Baltimore is the first diocese in the United States. I didn't bring it up. He brought it up. And he said that to me several times. Um, as the Supreme Chaplain, I accompanied the Supreme Knight uh, on visits to Pope Benedict. And it was almost as though he remembered our conversations from year to year. And no matter how tired he was, no matter how he might have been feeling or what he was going through, he gave us his undivided attention and was the soul of graciousness. Mm -hmm. What will you take back from your time in Rome this time? This was really a pilgrimage of sorts. It was an opportunity to give thanks to God for raising up uh, leaders like Pope Benedict. Um, it was a moment for renewing trust in providence that God is looking out for his church and loving it and caring for it. It was um, an opportunity to realize anew the depth, the beauty, the truth, and the goodness of the faith, which flows from and is centered upon the person of Jesus Christ. All things that Pope Benedict's life bore witness to. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll hear from Baltimore Auxiliary Bishop Adam J. Parker about his memories of Pope Benedict and what it was like on the day the former Pope announced his resignation. I'm George Matisek. You're listening to Catholic Review Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. 
The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Hi, this is Father Tom Yale of Blessed Sacrament Parish in Alexandria, Virginia. I want to fire you up for the March 1st, 2023 Top Golf Fundraiser with WMET 1160 AM. I participated in the first ever event. And let me tell you, it was a ton of fun. My parishioners came with me and sponsored me in the $25,000 hole-in-one prize. I love Catholic radio, and we need to do all we can to keep it on air so Catholics have a voice in the public square. The bottom line is this. Top Golf is a fun way to save souls. All you need to do is show up. My brother priests, please join us for the prizes and a chance to compete with your parishioners. You'll want your team's name on that trophy. Please visit grnonline.com. Click on events. That's grnonline.com. GRN is radio for your soul. And I assure you after this family fun night, every soul in your family will be better off for this good work. God bless you. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Two or three times a week, Caitlin Nalda slips into the newly opened Eucharistic Adoration Chapel at St. Philip and James Parish in Charles Village in Baltimore, sitting in silent prayer before a consecrated host exposed in a monstrance. The 21-year-old public health major from nearby Johns Hopkins University devotes her chapel time to nothing else but being in Christ's presence. Nalda is one of about two dozen people who visit the chapel regularly since it opened in November. They are from all ages, races, and backgrounds, according to Dominican Father Michael Wibley, pastor of Saints Philip and James. The pastor said he wants the chapel to be not only for the parish, but also for the wider local church of Baltimore. Saints Philip and James serves as the university parish for Johns Hopkins students. Father Wibley got the idea for the Adoration Chapel when he first arrived in Baltimore a year ago. A priest friend from Rhode Island had a positive experience with an Adoration Chapel in his parish and encouraged Father Wibley to establish a similar one in Baltimore. With the support of Archbishop William E. Lurie and parishioners of Saints Philip and James, Father Wibley converted a chapel formerly used for a daily Mass into a new Adoration Chapel. Daily Mass had moved to the main church during the coronavirus pandemic. Dominican Father Albert Duggan, a former chaplain at Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore and a gifted woodworker, had previously crafted the chapel's altar in Ambo. He recently made a special wooden tabernacle that houses the monstrance. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm George Matisek. Every child enters the world with limitless potential. Potential of mind potential of body, potential of spirit. If there was only a place where that potential could be nurtured and challenged every day, where the limits of greatness, once unseen, could now be within reach. Catholic Schools Rise Above With inviting surroundings, complete independence, and an unmatched quality of life, Mercy Ridge is the unparalleled choice for your retirement lifestyle. It's a way of living that promotes an active, healthier life. Located in Timonium, Maryland, Mercy Ridge Continuing Care Retirement Community features a beautifully landscaped 32-acre campus. 
The grounds, dining, and recreational amenities and residences are designed to provide a gracious lifestyle and a variety of exciting activities. Visit MercyRidge.com. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Hundreds of Catholics from throughout the Archdiocese of Baltimore gathered at the Cathedral of Mary Our Queen in Homeland January 4th to pray for the soul of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. In his homily, Auxiliary Bishop Adam J. Parker remembered the late Pope as a man of humility and wisdom. Here's the homily in its entirety. It was a gray February morning in 2013. I was living in Rome, serving as the priest secretary to Cardinal O'Brien, when he was preparing to go to a meeting with the Holy Father, Pope Benedict. It was a regular meeting called an ordinary consistory, a brief prayer service where the Pope was going to announce to the cardinals who were resident in Rome the canonization upcoming of some new saints. Cardinal O'Brien asked me that morning if I'd like to accompany him to the meeting, and I readily agreed. We went into the Vatican Palace, and gathered in a large room there were about 50 cardinals, all of whom were living in Rome at the time, and maybe about 15 or so of us who are not cardinals. The prayer service was brief. It was the Liturgy of the Hours daytime prayer. And at the end of the service, Pope Benedict asked everyone to be seated, and he began speaking. Speaking in Latin, I have to confess that I wasn't exactly sure what he was saying. I found myself admiring the beautiful artwork around the room, and wondering what he might be talking about. At one point, I heard the word renunciatio, which got my attention. But it wasn't until after he sat down, having spoken only about three minutes, that Cardinal Odano, Sodano stood up and responded in Italian. At that point, the entire room's demeanor changed. I have a feeling I was not alone in not realizing until the Italian response what the Pope had just said. After more than 600 years, a Pope had resigned. It was an incredible moment and a great privilege to actually be in the room, to see it with my own eyes and hear it with my own ears. I can tell you that the shock was palpable. After Pope Benedict left the room, having given us his blessing, the cardinals simply stood in stunned silence. No one knew what to say or what to do or, in fact, what would happen next, given that this hadn't happened for so many centuries. I remember leaving the room that, that day a few moments later with Cardinal O'Brien, heading back to our apartment, which was only a few hundred yards away, waiting to see how this news would break across the city and across the world going back to our apartment and turning on the news networks and seeing it on BBC and Sky News and CNN and Fox and Al Jazeera, the news breaking around the world, Pope Benedict had resigned. Now, I tell this story because of a wonderful privilege it was to be there that day and 
this connection that, that I am privileged to have. But I tell it also with some trepidation, given the news coverage of over the last few days, lest Pope Benedict simply be remembered for having been the only pope to resign in over 600 years. In fact, I'd like to reflect on a couple of qualities of his that were illustrated by his resignation. And these are qualities that are essential not only for the papacy, but for all of us disciples. Humility and wisdom. I have no doubt that Pope Benedict took the example of St. Peter and St. Paul. St. Peter for his humility and St. Paul for his wisdom. And those qualities were illustrated not only by the Pope's resignation that day, but really throughout his entire papacy. When I think about the humility that was illustrated and lived by Pope Benedict, I think of how I often have heard him portrayed over the past couple of days, realizing that to some sensibilities, Pope Benedict may not have been considered so humble. He's characterized publicly as a staunch traditionalist, which he was, and certainly as the head of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, being charged with defending of the faith. We know that Pope Cardinal Ratzinger then had earned the nickname God's Rottweiler. Not exactly what you would associate with humility. But Pope Benedict continued in his role when he was elected as Pope, that clarity of teaching, holding on to the sacred deposit of faith. And in illustrating and living his humility, it seems to me that he really took his lead from Peter, the first Pope. Look at Peter in the Gospel passage that we just heard. There he was among the twelve apostles, listening to the teachings of Jesus among a much larger crowd of people. The teaching was difficult, and some were complaining about that fact, saying out loud, this teaching is hard. Who can accept it? As a result, the Gospel tells us, many of them went back to their old way of life. They no longer accompanied Jesus. Jesus then turned to his apostles and asked them the question, hitting them right between the eyes. Do you also want to leave? He must have known that at least some of them may have been thinking about it. It was Peter who stood up and responded. What did he say? What did that response tell us. In fact, Peter's response was truly a confession of faith. It tells us a few things, what he said. Peter said to us that there is only one God by saying, to whom shall we go? In other words, demonstrating, especially for the people of his time, accustomed to all kinds of pagan gods, that there is only one true God. A good message for us as well. Maybe we're not so concerned these days about lots of pagan gods, but we do tend to sometimes fall prey 
to worshiping other things that get in the way of our relationship with the one true God, power, prestige, possessions, all kinds of things that may stand in the way of our relationship with our Lord. Peter, in his response, also affirmed that Jesus is truly the Word made flesh, saying, you have the words of eternal life. In other words, you are the word of eternal life. Peter also affirmed that this confession is truly a matter of faith, saying in his response, we have come to believe, to believe that you are the Holy One of God. It took humility for the apostles, for the closest followers of Jesus, to give themselves over completely to what was, in fact, a difficult teaching, one that many rejected. As followers of Jesus, the same is true for us. Our very faith, our submission of our intellect and will to God, is an act of humility. In putting our faith in Jesus Christ, we acknowledge that we are not the center of the world. God is. Pope Benedict led the global Catholic Church with the humility of his conviction that Jesus alone has the words of everlasting life. That conviction, in fact, had nothing to do with his being the Pope. It had to do with his being a disciple. The same is true for us. The other quality that I saw on that day of his resignation was wisdom. You know, Pope Benedict had this aura of wisdom around him. It was something that you could sense when you encountered him, or even saw him on TV for that matter. And in this, I'm certain, he took his lead from St. Paul. St. Paul reminded us in the first reading that we often speak of a wisdom of people who are old. He uses the word mature. Or a wisdom that is seen in rulers, like the wisdom of kings. St. Paul, though, refers to a much deeper wisdom for those who are called disciples. Clearly, he makes the point that God's wisdom is not our own, but it is revealed through the Holy Spirit. And here's what he says is revealed. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it so much as dawned on man what God has prepared for those who love him, for those who love him. Pope Benedict was a man of incredible intellect. He was an amazing theologian, prolific writer, spoke multiple languages, had several degrees, and had acquired countless experiences, having lived through difficult times. And yet his last words according to the nurse who was with him, demonstrated a very simple wisdom. Those words 
can be spoken by anyone and should be spoken by all of us disciples. Lord, I love you. That's wisdom, according to St. Paul. And it doesn't require a whole lot of education or really anything other than opening our hearts to the Lord. Lord, I love you. God is love. And all who live in love live in God. Today we pray for the repose of the soul of Pope Emeritus Benedict. We pray that he may have eternal life in God. We pray also for ourselves that whenever we have doubts, whenever our faith is challenged, we may have the humility and wisdom to respond to Jesus as did St. Peter. Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You've been listening to a homily delivered January 4th by Baltimore Auxiliary Bishop Adam J. Parker. For full coverage of the life and death of Pope Benedict XVI, visit catholicreview.org. For Catholic Review Radio, I'm George Matisek. Thanks for listening. Your journey awaits. Guadalupe Radio Network's car raffle starts January 3rd. This luxury car is a beauty. A 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 with a 0 to 60 acceleration of 6.3 seconds. Yet it still logs 36 highway miles per gallon of gas. Safety features include active brake and attention assist. Visit grnonline.com after January 3rd. Raffle tickets are $25 each, 5 for 100. Visit grnonline.com. Help GRN drive home the word of God. Remember the spirit of your parish community, the power of worshiping together, the warmth of friends new and old who share your faith. Join us for Mass this weekend. Visit archbelt.org to find a Catholic parish near you. Feel the joy. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in His love.